0: episode 128 of the thunder underground podcast my name is trent i'm joined by jason and we've got a long haul here i think yeah we
1: do it's it's our rocklahoma review right we got another one down so uh you know we're gonna go over what we saw what we did right what we remember and what we don't remember <laughs> right
0: if this is your first time listening we appreciate it you can find us on soundcloud.com backslash thunder underground And every Monday night on 102.7 WSNR. Stream there at 7 p.m. Central every Monday night. And we're also on YouTube at The Thun Underground. Definitely. Like you said, Rocklahoma. If you're not familiar with it and you're listening to this, we appreciate you listening. Rocklahoma is a festival of music, of rock and roll, so to speak. Yes. It started... Ten years ago, so this is the 11th one, started in 2007, and we've fortunately been able to make it to every single one of them.
1: Yes, we have.
0: This started as a 80s rock throwback festival, glam rock, and those kind of bands for the first three years, and in the fourth year it turned into a... That's when it was
1: good, man. They need to go back to that.
0: I don't know, man. Fucking A, man. They got Godsmack now.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, uh, we're going to have some people pissed off at us. Guess what? We don't care. Right. Oh, yeah. Anyways, we're, sorry. Look, I love it both ways, as you oh, like me, to say. Me too. Oh, Jesus. Fuck off. Already. <laughs> I'm going to fucking leave. You can do this by yourself. Well, let's let's talk about this while we're here.
0: Okay. The all first right. three years were <clears throat> glam, and we went to all of them because that was our first love, so to speak, in the yes, music it world. Was. It's
1: what got us started in all this.
0: So it was great to go out and see there's some of these bands that we had never got to see live, like Steelheart and Kicks, and so on. And there was tons of bands like Warrant and Poison and Skid Row and Rat and whoever that we've seen tons of times.
1: Yeah. I would never got to see Slaughter back in the day. Oh, no, we did, did. didn't we? Well, not, I mean, okay, scratch that. I'm an idiot. Okay. (laughs) Proceed. Anyway.
0: So, yeah, it was... This great festival, and it was real successful the first two years and the third year. It kind of took a a dive, attendance-wise. So they made the change they had to to keep this thing going. They were smart to do it. That's right. They still have, you know, a few of those acts every year. Mm -hmm. And then they, of course, mixed in newer rock and diverse styles of hard rock and metal. Yeah. And it... You know, makes for a good, diverse thing. And if you only like one type of music, then that sucks. But, hey, they've got M3 going now, and it seems to be doing well. Yeah, go to that. So there's a place for all this stuff. And, you know, fortunately for us, regardless, Rocklahoma is basically in our backyard. It's it's under an hour drive yes. from Broken Arrow. It's like 45 minutes. Yeah. So you can't beat that for
1: a festival of this size. Oh, you can't. And, you know, it's one thing we want to remember Hey, you know, yes, those were those are good times back then, you know, when they did just the the 80s metal and the glam kind of thing. And I love that stuff and those were my favorite ones, but we have to remember something. Had it not changed and got a little bit more diverse, there wouldn't be anything.
2: There'd right. be nothing.
1: So, I mean, you know, these things these things have to kind of happen sometimes.
0: And you know who one of the people to thank for that is
1: Jesse James Dupree. Damn right. And we'll get into that later. So I got some shit to say on that. If you're
0: one. a Cedar fan, yeah, you probably wouldn't have seen Cedar this year if it wasn't for Jesse James Dupree.
1: That's right. And just it's, throwing it's, that in there, up exactly front. right.
0: But we'll get to that later. Yes, right?
1: yes, we will.
0: <laughs> but like you said, yeah, those were amazing times. And I will say, being that guy, that those were the best best ones in my opinion just because Mm -hmm. the atmosphere was so it was different it's it's great now and i love it yes but it was just something about that you know just being there with everybody that loved freaking steelheart like me yeah that just doesn't happen every
1: day okay exactly i mean (laughs) that first year was just the i mean the the the, just the joy and the happiness of all that i i can't it'll never be something that can be reproduced right i mean that's just that's just the fact
0: yeah and now, you know, all these festivals cropped up after Rock, Oklahoma are around yeah. the same time, and a lot of them, you know, are run by the same company, and they have a lot of the same bands, and, yeah. you know, there's some some stuff that's different about them, but, uh, you know, there's tons of these festivals across the country, so if you're from far away, you don't need to come here like you did those first three years, but there, right. there are still a lot of people that do that, like... You know, some of our neighbors come from Toronto every year. Yeah. They camp next to us. And people come from all over the place because the big thing about Rock, Oklahoma is the campground. Yes. And all these other festivals around the country. There's a couple of them. I know that Rock Fest in Wisconsin has a campground. Mm-hmm. But the majority of these things are like in the city. Like Rock on the Range is just in an arena in this, you know, and I mean in a stadium in the city. Yeah. So it does not have that same atmosphere at all. That's right. So it's, you know, it's a cool thing. You know, I was talking to a guy that first night I was there that had went to Carolina Rebellion. Okay. He said he went out there because he thought the lineup was great, but, or he said the lineup was way better than Rock, But still, it's nowhere near as cool as Rock, mm-hmm. because the fact that you go out here and camp for six or seven nights. Yeah. And have a blast and see the same people every year. And That's right. Yeah. All that. <clears throat> well, I mean, what, well, saying all that, this year lineup was really d- more diverse i think than ever which to me i'm i'm fine with that and yeah. i think it's cool and you know even with it being more diverse i liked a lot of the bands i didn't like a lot of the bands but hey that happens even in the years where it's the years where it's been even leaned heavier you know i've never liked more than 50 or 60% of the bands i don't yeah, think exactly so it doesn't hurt my feelings that <coughs> taking back sunday or pierce the veil or whoever Three Days Grace bands I don't care about are there because bands that I do love like Blackstone Cherry or The Cult or Def Leppard or whoever are there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, everybody, everybody, you know, likes to jump on, jump on real quick about how, you know, oh, the lineup sucks or wh- why do they, you know, this band, this band's a bunch of pussies, you know, this band sucks, you know. But you got to remember, yeah. But there's people out there that are really excited that this band's there, right? And that that's that's what is that's what that's what's making this thing work, the the inclusiveness of it. And see, the last
0: thing I man. ever want to do is see Taking Back Sunday. That's right. But it's extremely smart to have them there because it is. That's an audience that you might have brought kids in mm-hmm. that would pay for one day. Mm-hmm. To go see that band, because exactly. they weren't coming to Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, exactly. And taking back Sunday just means I can go back to camp and have another couple of beers. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't bother me in the least.
0: Yeah, because even in the, the best lineups of all, there are several times where you go back to the campground and have some beers when a band you no know, likes playing. No doubt, yeah. Or you have the chance to walk over to another stage, like the retro, the retrospect stage or something, discover yeah. a band that you might not know about. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that's hard to explain to people that I haven't been or like, why would you go if you only like a third of the bands or 25% of the bands or something? It's Because what we just said about the campgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing that, you know, we've joked about it before and I'm pretty serious when I say that I could dislike every band on the bill and I'd probably still spend the money to go. Yeah, exactly. Because you have such a great time in the campgrounds and there's so many people out there that we've... Cultivated friendships with from the very first year on, and That's you know right. you still meet new people every year. that
1: exactly, and you know there, there's there's all kinds of stuff go. You know, camp. There's certain camps that are having parties. Uh, there's stages out there with bands playing. I mean, it, it's just. Uh, I mean, it's no brainer yeah. every year. Yeah, it really is.
0: Yep. Well, speaking of stages, Camp Yeager kicked this thing off on Thursday. And this was their final year, and that's one of the big things of Rocklahoma that yeah. has always stood out to me is Camp Yeager, Yeah. And how fun, you know, because all these great memories you have of Rocklahoma usually stem from something in the campgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times we're spent, you know, seeing bands at Camp Yeager that you didn't know or that you didn't know, and they always have great lineups, and it's a fun time. Hey, that's where we discovered Scattered Hamlet. I was about to say, that's where yeah.
1: we saw Scattered Hamlet for the first time.
0: Yeah, and... That was like a completely different lineup than they are now. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, how just long that, ago was? was.
1: Jode was there, I'm pretty sure.
0: But yeah, I mean, so to all those years that Stacy and Fred Foster put this thing on, a huge thank you from us and I'm sure everybody else.
1: Yeah, much respect.
0: Yeah, and like this year, the day <laughs> before the kickoff party, they had a barbecue over there. And, you know, so they're giving people food and drinks and The day before, they also provide you with music. Gotta love that. You know, and they're still going to be out there, but they're just not doing the stage anymore. So a huge thanks for all the years from us here at Thunder Underground. Definitely. And, you know, so they might give a chance for someone else to step into that void. Because there's got to be something, because every year Sam McCaslin from Retrospect Records has used their stage for the Thursday pre-party with several of the bands on his bill. That's right. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with that next year. Why don't you, why don't you
1: take it over? Be Camp I, Trent. Okay. It I have no camp, desire to be, be in charge Trent of anything <laughs> at Rocklahoma. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Same here. I want the it would be least cool. amount of responsibility yeah. ever.
0: Right. It would be cool, but we'll leave that to the people with, what's the word? Discipline when yes. it, when, when they're out at Oklahoma.
1: The only thing I want to be responsible for at Rocklahoma is pouring a lot of beer down my already bloated fucking physique. Okay, <laughs> that's the only thing I want to fucking have to worry about at Rock, Oklahoma. <laughs> right.
0: <sighs> well, Thursday, we kicked this thing off. Well, earlier Thursday, I don't think you were... I don't know if you were over there. I don't know where you were at. But me and Tracy walked over to Camp Corruption near Camp Jaeger, and they had a big fish fry. Okay. So thanks to them... Alan and Janelle, for putting that thing on and giving everybody a ton of fish. Awesome. So that was pretty awesome. Then after that, you know, a few hours later, it was whenever Camp Yeager kicked their stage off at 3 p.m. with Troy. And I know we're back at the campgrounds. I heard it. Jason Carroll sent a text and said, hey, these guys kick ass. We got over there saw the very end of it. Yeah. So these guys kick ass. And if you want proof of that, I think we should play them right now.
1: Let's do it. We've got a song.
0: We do. This song is called The Reckoning by Troy, which is an acronym for The Reality of Yourself. There you go. They're out of Springfield, Missouri. Check this out.
3: to the county line Saying give me a minute With my family and I Cause I, I never thought It'd turn out this way Yeah I was just a boy back there With a shoestring smile A toy gun in hand But uh, I clung to every word he said He spoke of things like compromise When the wager won out of standing fine, what it takes to live life Mm right. Still, I can see the look in his eyes when the judge yelled down 25, to life saying, Boys, don't waste your time.
0: springfield missouri great band they played like we said the kickoff party there at camp yeager and they played the next day in the festival at the retrospect stage these guys are going on tour opening up for skillet here pretty soon that's awesome yeah they i know they did pretty well in the metallica contest for the opening band thing they got a lot of votes in that just a great band with a great sound and and what would you think of that song?
1: I, I loved it. You know, it kind of had a, a, you know, a modern octane-ish kind of thing going on. And then it, like, kicked in, got a lot heavier, and uh, had a great groove. So, I mean, you know, these guys are going places.
0: Yeah, if you like that, you might like Jason Todd or Scott Bartlett from Saving Abel and Shinedown. There you go. And both those guys have been on our podcast. That's right. Just randomly throwing that plug <laughs> in there. But, yeah, Troy, check them out. You can find them on Facebook. It's at The Reality of Yourself. Easy enough to find. Exactly. Well, after them, I kind of... I didn't, I wrote this stuff down, but I can't remember exact orders. But we're just going to run through the bands we saw on Thursday. Yes. We kind of jumped back and forth between Camp Jaeger and Axis, Axis. yeah. Where the other pre-party was going on. I know the first band we saw on Axis was Reliance Code.
1: Yes. And I mean... They put in, they turned in a great set. Um, Actually,
0: screaming was Scream Red was first.
1: Right? I was about to say, but I didn't want to. I just figured <laughs> we'll, we'll just go over them. Um, you know, Reliance Code, I mean, these guys are just, you know, on a skyrocket, you know. And uh, this is just another feather in their cap to have. And they they turned in a blistering set. And I'm I'm really proud and happy for these guys.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, ever since we've we played their song, like, it's been a year and a half ago now. Yeah. And I believe Josh told me later that we were the first, you know, anything, podcast or radio to play their song. Yeah. Which is very cool, that, I think. It is very cool. And they've, like you said, it's just been this steady climb, but it's been pretty quick. Yes. Quicker than a lot of bands. And, you know, I mean, I'm proud to, you know, have been here in the beginning and see where these guys go and. You know, to call these guys friends now and get to hang out with them and talk to them. And we've had them on the podcast as well. Like you said, it was just a great set. And I know that they turned a lot of people on to their music that might not have known about them before that. Because there was a ton of people in there.
1: Yeah. And uh, Josh sets kind of close to us uh, during the whole thing, during the whole weekend. Oh, right. Because he was always coming back up after bands and we were talking about bands and stuff. Yeah. So that was cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I ran into all five of those guests several times throughout the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So it was just cool to see them out there enjoying themselves. And, you know, I mean, I I assume if you're in a band and you get to stay the whole time, they had a prime slot. You know, you play Thursday when everybody's out there ready to rock Thursday evening. And then you got the whole rest of the time to just enjoy it like everybody else.
1: Exactly. Gotta love it.
0: (laughs) Well, Scream Red Mutiny was also there right at the beginning of this kickoff talked about them on many occasions of how great a band this is not just recorded but also live and you know this new this new lineup they have is really gelled and they just they sound great and you can't say enough good things about all four of these guys and how they sound
1: yeah i mean to go with to, to go with these guys have been through um and, and to just you know pick up what seems like it's just seamless and just keep going. I mean, it's just commendable as fuck. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, 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 you know, my heart goes out to these guys, and I'm just so glad that they're that they're just they're they're pushing through, and you know that they're they're still making waves. It's a great thing.
0: Yeah. And I was I was talking to someone like towards the end of their set. I can't mm-hmm. even remember who it now was. It's was probably might have been you, or it could have been Jason or Tracy or someone, but. You know, John Holada had such a unique bluesy metal sound. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't have got a better person to replace him yeah. than they did with Nick. Yeah, definitely. Because he's really filling that void perfectly. He's a great guitarist and he's not compromising the sound that John Sprout and Anthony built. That's right. So, I mean, it's just really cool, you know, that this is working the way that it is. And I'm.
1: And, you know we've seen him with John. We were fortunate enough to meet John a couple times and you can really, you feel like that, you know, that spirit's definitely still there. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel different. And I think that's really important. And I think that's really cool.
0: Definitely. Well, up next, did you, did you see Severmind? No. Okay. No. I was going to, like, I remember we were trying to bounce back and like forth. Figure and figure out how we wanted yeah. to do it. Yeah, I know. And we around. made the, the decision to have to... <laughs> it was a tough call. Cut a band we love because we can see them in this area, but 3D in Your Face was playing at the same time. Yes. And we haven't been able to see them since the last Rock Loma. Sorry, guys. Yeah. We had to do it. They're out of Nebraska. Yeah. We'll see Severmind soon enough. Definitely, definitely. They know we love them. Of course. Episode 100, 100, <laughs> of this podcast Go back and check that thing out. That's right. But yeah, 3D in your face. And we, you know, a year ago, in the 60s or 70s, we had these guys on. Yes. Or two of them. Sam and Chris. Just, this is one of those bands that if someone said, hey, you've been to all 11 Rocklahomas. Name five or ten bands that you discovered throughout this thing. Yeah. Just the top five bands that you... Became a fan of because of Rocklahoma. Yeah, they're definitely on that. Oh list. yeah,
1: definitely. I mean they 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 gave us each a couple of their CDs. I still listen to them. Yeah. I mean they're just they're just that good. They're fun. Um, I I was stoked to get to see them again this year.
0: Yeah, it's one of the funnest live shows you can see. Yeah. Just you know because it's it's not when you think of like a great live show you think of some huge arena with like lights and explosions and shit. This is like that, but encapsulated. At its most raw. That's right. You know, just there on a stage and it's like, you feel like you're watching something with explosions, even though there's not, <laughs> you know, and just like Sam's just like all over the place. And then, you know, he sings that one song and yeah. it turns it into this whole punk feel as well. And they're just, they've got that great kind of Michael Monroe-ish vibe we yes, talked about and how much exactly. we love Michael Monroe. Yes. So it's just an easy transition to love <clears throat> these guys because they are built on that, what Rocklahoma was founded upon, the exactly the 80s vibe but they also have just a great modern hard rock sound yeah. so it's just cool it's hell. just
1: a tougher edge you know yeah definitely
0: well the other thing was you and um, CJ from grind were talking and saying isn't that the guy from prophets of rage on Prophets yes, of rage sorry a... prophets of addiction
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> on
0: on drums that's right and then I had went off to the bathroom and ran into Chris Sniper. Yes. You know? That's and right. Talked to him for a bit and then I asked him, he said, Yeah it is, man. He's like and he told me this whole story. Well they had and, like pick him up on the way there yeah, or some like, shit. Yeah. Their drummer just ghosted him in some town, you know, a couple shows before. God. And they were it was when they were on their way to Rock, Oklahoma, they had like a mini tour with the Midnight Devils, yeah. which is their the band that the three of them had without the singer of three D in your face. And then the drummer just said I'm done and walked out one night and even left his gear and everything so they got a hold of him who they had played with before and you know and he was willing to do it and they went where if I can't remember where where they went to pick him up but they had to divert to go get him and they come back and he did all this in the span of a few days like did a sh- the show in Oklahoma City I think and then to Rock, Oklahoma for two shows there god so that's pretty he, impressive on his part
1: okay i just i got to say something If you, if you, if you're not into it and you gotta quit a band or whatever, okay, that's fine. But if you're in the middle of a tour, stick that shit out. Right. All right. Don't be a bitch.
0: But that's even what he said. He's like, you're getting ready to play one of the biggest shows you've ever played. And
1: yeah, that's crazy. Well, hey, good for this guy from Prophets of Addiction stepped up, saved the day. Yeah. You know,
0: they actually played again on Sunday and. I thought, I remember, you know, we were definitely going to try to see that, and then I didn't see the revised schedule. Yeah. And they got, they were on like at eight or something like that on the retrospect stage, and then they got bumped to a bigger stage. They got bumped up to the yeah. River Spirit stage, which is the second biggest stage out there yeah. in second the opening stage. slot on Sunday. So, and I didn't even know that till after the fact, because yeah. I wasn't yeah, paying cause attention. Got all, yeah. Because they, you know, things got mixed around after the stuff that happened Saturday night. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that would have been cool as hell to see them on that stage. But, you know, I'm glad they got a little more exposure that way, too. They deserve it. Definitely. Well, then we saw Switchback over here at Camp Yeager. And we saw them here a month or so ago at the shrine in Tulsa for the first time. Yeah. Well, no, that was your first time. I saw them in Fort Smith last year. And just a great live band, great heavy metal just every you know everything you want in a heavy metal band these guys have yeah great vocals, great bass and drums and just
1: blistering fucking guitars. guitar guitar players insane I'm like I don't even know what he's doing <laughs> since I, I can't I can't follow it right it's crazy yeah.
0: Yeah, that one that show in Tulsa he had that John Petrucci guitar.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, I kept I kept like hitting <laughs> him in the shoulder, and going, What the fuck is this guy? Look at this guy. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, that was great. But yeah, getting to see
0: him again here at Rock Loma outside. Yeah. You know, just had it's just, you know, one of those really I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, you know, when you're outside at night. <laughs> You know, rocking at a festival. There you go. That's the type of music you expect to hear. Yeah, you, know? you heard it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And they brought it. You know, they were a great live <clears> band. And I know they played again at Camp Jaeger, but we didn't catch that one. But they got to see this, and they're just loving these guys and what they're doing. And yeah. they've got a new CD coming soon, and we're going to play a song here just a bit, too. Definitely. Who do we have after that? Fist of Rage. Yeah, Fist of Rage. That's right. That's right. The phrase I like to say a lot is, if you've listened to this podcast at any time, <laughs> you know that we are huge fans yes. and supporters of Fist of Rage. That's right. Banned out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, kind of. They're from the Tulsa area. And we had them all on here, you know, many episodes back. Yes, we did. Just a great group, you know. They're extremely fun to talk to, extremely fun to be around, and of course... They put on one hell of a stage show. Yes, they do, and it just never—it never gets tiring. Never. You know, every time that they're around, you want to see them. You know, all four of them are exceptional what they do, and
1: I'm just. You're fanboying out right now, Trent. That's okay, though.
0: That's what I do with these these four people. You
1: know, the, uh, the these guys, their band encompasses everything we love about hard rock and heavy metal, and you know, we'll. We'll sit there and chat with them, and you know, we like all the same shit. And it's just like, you know, a brotherhood is born right there, you know. I mean, it's just, it's great. And, uh, these guys put so much into their live performance. You know, Andy's a nut. I mean, it's just, it's just, you, you, you gotta, you gotta go anytime they're around. You gotta go watch them. Yeah.
0: What was that? Before the show, he gave me two balloons that were shaped like boobs. Yes. And said, you know, take care of these and don't lose them. I gave one to some girl that wanted one. Okay. And the other one I did not lose. I tied it to the canopy. So within a couple of days, it went from looking like boobs to shrivel up 89-year-old balls.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how it goes sometimes. Sometimes even in real life, that's how it goes. <laughs> it's true. But, you know, I mean, but the thing is, is you, you, you hung on to him. I did. Not the, not your balls, but the balloons. <laughs> right. Anyways.
0: I kept my word.
1: Yes, that's right. You kept your word. <laughs> but, you know, Andy had a crazy outfit on. I don't even know what you would have called it.
0: Yeah, it was like a woman burlesque. <sighs> dancer yeah. thing i don't know
1: and it, even paulette had a headdress on like an indian headdress she was wearing right um josh wore one of our shirts it was great
0: that's true he did yeah we were yeah. hanging out beforehand and during that whole time period i remembered later like all of a sudden getting like i went from like being like a little drunk to being like really drunk and yeah. i'm like what happened and then i remembered that james ratcliffe gave me some peach moonshine. Oh, that's and right. And then said, "Hey, eat the peaches." So I like ate one or two of the peaches.
1: Oh fuck! <laughs> but anyway, it didn't kick in till later. He brought some Slayer wine the next night. That's true. We drank Slayer wine. Thanks, James. Yeah, like he showed up with a full bottle. Yeah, that He, he brought over. me some IPAs. I mean, he always had stuff. It was great.
0: Yeah, we don't even. I don't even care much for wine, but it was the Slayer blood red wine. So, so you're so gonna that, drink it? Yeah, that yeah,
1: was great.
0: But yeah. There you go. That's, you know, what we're talking about. We didn't even meet James till last year. Yeah. Because actually that was his first year coming. He was a friend with Kevin Graham and came out there and, you know, here we are next year showing up, bringing us wine and peach moonshine and IPAs. Hell yes. That's what you call friends (laughs) right there.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. A friend with alcohol is a friend indeed. (laughs) Right. So next comes to the point where, I just want to, we need to talk about how I don't remember a goddamn thing after any of this. And, and people, I'm telling you this because we're, uh, before before we hit record, we're kind of going over what we're going to talk about and all this stuff. And, you know, Trent's like, yeah, we saw Nick Nose and Locust Grove. And I'm like, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't see Locust Grove and Nick Nose. And Trent's like, well, where'd you go? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So, if
0: anyone out there at Rocklahoma that's listening remembers hanging out with Jason on Thursday night, let us know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I really don't know what happened, you know. Um,
0: well, yeah, because I had it down Nick knows, <laughs> and Locust Group. He's like, did you see them? I'm like, yeah, I figured you were there. Because I remember hanging out with several people there, so I just assumed you were there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, God, who knows? That, that was the... Ah. Uh, see, that's what happens, people. That's what happens at these things. You know? Um, so I don't know. You went into uh, whatever I'm doing, I'm sure it was fun.
0: You went into a rock lacoma.
1: Oh man.
0: Big ups to Jason Carroll and Jennifer Carroll and Ed and Dina.
1: Yeah. That's for right. Camp Rock Lacoma. That's
0: right. That's what happened to you.
1: Ah uh, I guess. Hell, sure. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well,
0: one thing I do know is I saw Nick Nose and it yeah. was freaking amazing. Nice. Like, nice. because we've talked about him before. We saw him at the Gene Simmons thing. We saw him last year at Rock Loma and they're, they're great. And I've always said they were great, but there was just something about this show that was just another level.
1: Mm-hmm. Like this
0: was just like one of the, my favorite things I saw at Rock Loma this year. Yeah. And just, you know, they have that just awesome bluesy, bluesy hard rock jam feel and it's just. Just something about this is just one of those shows that was really special. And then, you know, towards the end, they, you know, I remember when we saw them, they did the come together yes. thing, but I didn't, I thought they did it with a whole lot of love, maybe, but it, I know at this, they, they did come together in cashmere together. Nice. And, you know, they just seamlessly flowed together and, you know, not many bands can play Zeppelin and make it sound as good as it should. And they definitely did. Yeah. And it was just, it's just one of those. Ones that I hope I hope you were there. Yeah. Well, you too. I hope you were there. And you now, I might have been.
1: I might have been. <laughs>
0: so it's somewhere deep in your soul you heard that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe that's why I feel so good today.
0: Yeah, could be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Locust Grove was after them. And okay. I know that's one of the ones you're looking forward to, so I hope you saw that too. <laughs> I guess I did, not I <laughs> fucked that one up. Right. Well. Jesus. I saw them, and they, they kicked ass. I mean, I, towards the end of that was whenever I kind of started fading, and I you know, got some food and had to cut out towards the end of their set, but I saw a good half of it at least. Yeah. And these guys just bring it, you know, they're just, like we've talked about before, they're full on energy. You know, all four of them, they're just one of those live bands to behold that if you're a fan of hard rock and heavy metal, you have to see these guys. They're the type of band that should should be on those big stages, you know, so hopefully they are eventually. I think they will. Yeah. You know, I think they're going to get there. I mean, it features Zane from who was in Annie Mortem, mm-hmm. who of course you know had some success, and you know this band might be better than Annie Mortem. Okay. And you just gotta see them live to really appreciate how kick-ass they are. But if not, just look them up. They've got a video out for the song Monster. We played that here a while back. Yes. Kick-ass band, straight out of Oklahoma City. You know it. Well, speaking of kick-ass bands, just a little while ago we talked about Switchback. They've got a brand new album that is actually coming out this weekend, I believe, is when they're releasing it. It's called The Beginning 213, and this song is called Left Behind. behind from switchback that's from their new album the beginning 213 that is being released this weekend at a cd release show in their hometown of Stuttgart, arkansas okay so check that out you know be on the lookout next week and you know, i'm sure they'll be selling that thing online like i said great live band heavy as fuck you know that song right there was key ind- indicator that we weren't lying
1: yes yes i mean uh these guys aren't fucking around. Right. You know? I
0: love how his vocals, you know, sound like those guys from like your you know, your kind of power metal bands in yeah. a way, even though not completely, but it has that kind of vein, but it's like captured in this straight ahead kind of
2: huge it, it, metal it, it, thing. It's there. like
1: it's like the huge not not the like the the high pitched power metal stuff. Yeah. But like when it's like the the big commanding you know, like like if Game of Thrones had a voice. <laughs> there you, you go. You know, like you know, it's like, like symphony, like X. yeah, like dangerous and looming, and is yeah, it was badass.
0: Russell Allen is a good guy. Yes, exactly. There. Yeah, but yeah, switch back. Check him out. You shouldn't be disappointed.
1: You won't be disappointed,
0: right? Well, Friday, Friday was the first official day where everything kicked off in the festival. But it was also the okay. first day of the dark side stage. Ah, yes. And That's right. Chris Taylor of DMG Productions, you know, put on the dark side stage. This is his second year. Actually, our very last episode, we had an interview with him Ooh. talking about that, previewing the bands that played. And, you know, up front, I just got to say huge, a huge compliment to him and his crew. You know, this, they really upped their fucking game and this was, this was great. You know, Friday, it was one of those days where it was like, the sun was just beating down and it wasn't like it was a hundred degrees, but it was just like the, you know, the sun made it feel like that and it was just miserable as fuck, but they had a, they had a tent that not only covered the stage, but covered everything kind of like Axis does, but on a smaller level. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, it was great to be able to go over there in the morning, in the midday, and see music. And that's the other cool thing that they're they doing, is they're having music start at 9 a.m. So it keeps the music going all day and night, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: I got over there and saw the very ending. I believe it was Caliber Theory. Okay. And, you know, which was great. We had seen them before. Yeah, we have seen them at the Shrine, yeah. And next up was As Shadows Collapse. And these guys just... Totally kick ass. Yeah. You know, just heavy as hell. And then the singer was just kind of this hybrid of, you know, he had the voice, you know, he was doing, he was one of those guys that could do several different styles. He was, he was growling, he was screaming, he had a new metal kind of sound, he was singing. Yeah. He did all of it. You know, it was kind of like this hybrid of new metal, melodic, and, you know, heavy stuff. And it was just, it was really, you know, and he's a, a newer singer. They had a singer previous to him. So it's just, it was just a really cool band. They kind of had that, you know, not total new metal like you don't want to, you know, like we talk about with Crane Technique, where it yeah. has that kind of tendencies to it or that kind of feel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was the same kind of thing like that, where you kind of have that feel a little bit, but not totally. Yeah. But yeah, it was just exceptional. It's one of those bands that, you know, I hadn't heard before. And I, you know, I'd listened to a lot of these bands that he had on a stage, like a song or two beforehand. But yeah, they just really jumped out at me as being exceptional. So I was glad I got to see them. And then right after that was the W Adore. Yes. And a big thing to note here beforehand was Travis said, hey, you guys get over here. I've got something to give you. And you know, I mean, I, that could mean a million things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but we got over there and he got up on stage. Whenever they got up there before they kicked off their set, you know, and said some stuff and some thank yous. And he gave a couple drum heads to, I think he gave three of them out maybe. Okay. And then he gave us his bass drum head from The Devil You Adore, you know, his huge bass drum head. You know, he signed it and everything and just said thanks for, you know, all your help and, yeah. for, you know, being there for us, you know, from the get-go and everything. And I thought, I mean, that was... Just really one of those cool things, you know, that you don't expect, you know. And yeah, I'm just, it was an honor.
1: Yeah, it means a lot, definitely. And, uh, you know, we were there for them in the beginning, and we're still going to be there for them in their new, their new uh, journey. Right. As, as claim your enemy.
0: Yeah. And he had the new drum set with the claim your enemy. Yes. On the head, so they were ready to go. And
1: I love it, and it was like a, like I kept saying, a light blue. Kind of themed to the drum set, and I like that because it's different, you know? Yeah. I just... Uh, and it was like 400 degrees, and Devin was just singing his ass off. Yeah. You know, and he porn with sweat. I mean, these guys just... They put it all out there, and they didn't care, you know? It was great.
0: Devin had on an ACDC shirt, so I wonder if Travis had some kind of influence in that. There you go. Or if Devin liked him <laughs> beforehand.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, you know thanks to travis it's a total honor and uh you know that means a lot to us
0: yeah but check out claim your enemy if you haven't before look them up on facebook and reverb nation they've got just a cool you know like i've talked about before i love their guitar sound and you know you mix that with what um (coughs) excuse me what devin does on the vocals and the rhythm section it just combines for just one of those really unique bands Mm and i'm really proud that we've had on this podcast played them before and I've got to know them throughout the last year or two. Yes, definitely. Well, after that was entering into the the main festival. Yes. And there was a line longer than balls to get into this thing. Yeah, because they have they had a new system of doing things with the scan band and uh, not only that they had which that didn't really slow things down. It's just uh um, metal detectors and the, all the shit you had to go through which wasn't happening before which yeah. I understand it happening but it's just I wasn't expecting it so I didn't get in line I missed the first two bands I wanted to see because of this but that's what happens
1: in Rock, Oklahoma Yeah it does.
0: You have a list of 20 bands you want to see and you probably see 10 of them. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, we didn't get to see Less Than Human or Rival Sons and we were pretty bummed
3: about that.
0: Right. You yeah. know, luckily we've seen them both before, we'll see them both again but really wanted to see less than human on that big stage yes, because definitely. they got there because they deserved to be there. And I think that anybody that was in that festival was probably turned on in their music. Yeah. I know you said you ran into him later and there was a guy over there telling him how much he loved him and hadn't heard him before, so that's
1: really cool. Yeah, I mean and this was like a you know, this was like a Bud Light NASCAR dad looking guy. Oh yeah. You know, and I mean The guy that probably would not have heard of them if not for Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. And
1: you know, um and I was, and this guy was just going off on him how much he dug him. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what you do it for. That's good stuff. Definitely. You know?
0: Yeah, look up Less Than Human. And speaking of, they were on here. Yes. About a month or so ago. So, go back and check that episode out. Well, Slaughter was the first band we saw in there. Yes. And, admittedly, we're both huge fans of this band since they came out in 1990. That's right. And... Don't care what you think about it, and I'm still a huge fan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love Slaughter. I always have, and if you're laughing right now, well, you can go eat a bowl of dicks. That's <laughs> right. just, that's that's what's going on. Right.
0: Well, first off, the big thing, you know, that Slaughter had from the get-go was Mark Slaughter's voice. Yes. And when you have a voice like that, you know, it's like, 27 years later, is it going to hold up? And he, you know... He's not what he was 27 years ago, No, but he's still good enough Yes, is the good word. That's right. We said that before. We saw him last year. He sounds good. My only thing with him is you see some guys, like we're going to talk about here in a bit with Joe Elliott, who over the years may not be as good as he was 30 years ago, but he's adapted his voice. Yeah. Mark Slaughter still goes as high as he can. And it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But everything else in there fits perfect.
1: He does good. And the band sounds great. Oh, yeah. They sound awesome. And, I mean, we got to mention... Of course. Zoltan Chaney. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Dana Strum and Jerry Miller and Metal Sludge. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. That was a long time ago. Yeah, Zoltan Chaney. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. The Slaughter Inner Circle. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um... Zoltan Cheney, the uh, Slaughter's drummer is just I mean, uh, as Mike DiPetrillo puts it, the most visual guy, most visual drummer in rock. If you haven't seen Zoltan Cheney, you him now. I mean, it's just insane.
0: Yeah, he's so good that you want to go see Vince No live.
1: Yeah, exactly like you know, like, And no man, one should want Vin- to see Vince <laughs> No live. Vince Nill's in town tonight. Man, I really could see Zoltan. That'd be fun. Yeah, there you go. I mean, because he, and it's, I can't even describe it. You just have to see it. It's like nothing you've ever seen in your life. It's like a show, and it's like, I remember we talked about
0: it when we saw him last December in Dallas, and I think I said to you, do you think he's really a great drummer, or he's just a great showman? And you made the point that I really wasn't thinking when I said that, was that. You'd have to be a great drummer to pull that shit off and still yeah. play the drums and sound good. Exactly. He did a
1: he did a drum clinic at Drum World last night. Last night? Yeah.
0: Oh, shit. I wish I'd known that.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean. But he, yeah, we're talking he, like. He, you don't suck. You know, when yeah. you do drum clinics, you don't suck.
0: He's got his feet up on top of the bass drums. He's playing. He's throwing sticks across to people or throwing them back he's throwing them up in the air no. you know and cat you know and playing with other ones and then dropping those and catching those and then like balancing yeah. shit on his i mean he's got just, a drumstick standing up on his hand and,
1: yeah balancing a drumstick on his head I yeah, mean and
0: he stands up picks the cymbals up and plays the cymbals with the cymbals yeah. and then <laughs> all the time he's playing the bass drum at the same time and
1: that's right that's right
0: you know and of course you know he jumps off the the amps at the end of it he did that in Dallas. He did it here. And yep. I've seen him several times now with the fact that I've seen Vince Neal a couple of times years ago at Rocklahoma and Rockin' America. And then I can't remember when the last time we saw well, the last time we saw Slaughter at Rocklahoma, he wasn't there. But no, uh-uh. anyway. Yeah, he's just a sight to behold. Yes, he is. But even without him and his show. I still enjoy seeing Slaughter. Definitely. Yeah, Jeff I mean, Blando is a freaking beast on the guitar. And if you ever get the chance to see a full Slaughter set, which we haven't in a while, I know he would always play and he did it in Vince Neil's show when I saw him. Mm-hmm. Like he would, they would play Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath and he would sing the vocals on that.
1: And that guy can sing. Yeah. And it sounds great. Yeah.
0: But so yeah, I mean, Slaughter made their return. They're at the very first Rocklahoma. Here they are at number 11. So it's cool to, Cool to see him back. Definitely. Well, the next band was the next band we saw, Fozzy. Yes. Well, the note, when I was walking back across to go to Fozzy.
1: We have to talk about this.
0: Yeah, we crossed. You were already over there, I think. I was walking with Maggie. Yeah. And I had to cross. I crossed through the main stage area where the Pretty Reckless is playing. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned this before, and I don't dislike the Pretty Reckless. They're just one of those bands I don't care about. Yeah. You know, I could easily watch them. Because who wouldn't want to look at her? Yeah. But I just don't care about their music. But we knew I had read before, you know, that she did this tribute last week at Rock on the Range. And I think at one of their other shows where they played Audio Slaves Like a Stone. Of course, in remembrance of Chris Cornell. And when I was walking over to Fozzie, it was at the end. And that's what they were finishing with. Yeah. And it was just her singing and the guitarist playing acoustic. And... I can admit that it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was great. You know, like I said, I don't care about them. I never cared about the music, but I can tell you that was great. She yeah. sounded
1: great. Yeah, that was a pretty fitting tribute.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look that up on YouTube, whether it be from Rocklahoma or Rock on the Range, or any of their recent shows. Yeah. I think it was you that told me that was, like, her favorite singer growing yeah, up. Okay. So, obviously, there's emotion in it as well. It's not just someone standing up there.
1: Yeah. And singing a
0: song to get attention. They know?
1: opened they opened the show of uh, the Soundgarden show the night that Chris Cornell passed away. Oh really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yes, yes. Alright. So yeah, a <clears throat> close connection there.
0: Well, we got over and saw Fozzie.
1: Yes, we did.
0: And this was one of those ones that
1: Just bombastic. Just yeah. feel good. I mean, wow.
0: Yeah. You can't You can't go wrong with this band because you know I've said it before and I'll say it again in the future. Rich Ward's one of those guys that just never gets the I know attention or the accolades yeah. he deserves in music. You know even back when he was in Stuck Mojo. Well I mean they're still they're back together. Mm-hmm. You know I never cared much about Stuck Mojo but this guy's just it's like when Mark Tremonti was in Creed. You know you don't realize how great this guy is in because you you know you're not paying attention to the band because you don't like it. Mm-hmm. But Rich Ward, you know, he had a solo album out that was fantastic, and all his work with Fozzie now is just great. He was the beginning of Adrenaline Mob. Yeah. So just people need to get on train with this motherfucker. Yes, they do.
1: (laughs) I mean, he's just an untapped resource of guitar wisdom. Right. You know? And Fozzie just turned in a great set. I mean, they opened up with Judas, their new single, and it's catchy as hell. You hear it once, you're going to be hearing it in your head all day. I mean, and, uh, you know, I'm just I'm glad things are happening for them.
0: They ended right enough as the second to last song they played, Eat the Rich. Yeah. The Crocus song. The point is, that was on their first album when it was entirely covers. And I always thought why don't they bring something, you know, at least one song back? So I'm yeah. glad they finally have. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, they got away from that, which was smart, because the last few albums have been all original and great stuff. But I, because I always hoped they would do live wires so you could hear someone sing it live and
1: it sounded yeah. good, you know. But, <laughs> nice. You know, well,
0: he's come a long way. You yes. know, from You know, I thought he was, a, he's a fine singer when he started. Mm-hmm. But just from that first album, which has been over like 15 years ago now, to where they're at now, you know I mean? He's a true rock and roll, hard rock metal fan Oh, yeah, man. definitely.
1: Yeah. He's legit. Yeah. And just side note, what I thought was cool is their bass player was left-handed, and he did he just turned a right-hand bass upside down. He didn't restring it or anything. Oh, yeah. And he played, and I thought that was really cool. Just, I mean, just, you know.
0: You wonder if it's like one of those things like Hendrix where that's how, just how he learned to play? I guess, yeah,
1: it probably was.
0: It's just insane. Yeah. I, I thought it was really neat. And that's—he's the one that was gone for a while, I think, and came back. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I mean, Fozzie, if you're one of those people that just blow them off because of who the singer is—seriously, yeah. Just give him a shot. You know, I mean, if you like anything hard rock and metal, I mean, I know you don't like a lot of stuff like Skillet and whatever, but if you like those kind of bands, you're gonna like Fozzie. Yeah, they just oh have yeah, definitely. A cooler sound because with Jericho's past and like his love of like you know the huge metal from the eighties. Yeah. You know, that's where his voice kind of goes towards. So that's what differentiates him from a band like Skillet. But the it's definitely along it's in that vein of
1: rock. Yeah know? that it's yeah, it's running along those same lines for sure.
0: Yeah. Well next up we caught Death Grip. And this was a definite highlight of the yes the weekend. I mean you can't say enough good things about this band and just like the energy they put on, you know, they were playing the retrospect stage and just a huge kind of, we talked about it when we had Scott Bond on here last year, just a huge kind of mix between Judas priest and power metal and all that stuff. Yeah. Just a great groove to the guitars. And, you know, I'm glad to see this set here at Rock, Oklahoma. They're just fantastic band.
1: Yeah, and Scott Bond's an insane drummer, and we've had him on the podcast. Go look that up.
0: Definitely. Hope to have him here back soon. Yes. And you know, hope to see him back around this way. I know they've, you know, they made the trek through. They played Arkansas and some other places, and they're out of Dallas. So if you're in the Dallas area, just look out for Death Grip. And yes, you know they should be playing around this country soon because they're they're a great damn band for sure. Well, then we had Def Leppard on the main stage. I mean, this is one of those bands that since yep. I was a kid, you know, at my youngest age, my youngest memories of love and rock, you know, they're one of those bands that were right there from the beginning. So they've always hold that place with me. Yeah. And I've stuck with them through everything, even when other people didn't, you know, through slang in the late nineties with X and euphoria and all that stuff. Hey, I liked slang. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying most people didn't pay attention. Well, people go to hell. I like that record. <laughs> Even Ivan bought songs from the Sparkle Lounge, or whatever it was called, with that Tim McGraw song.
1: Oh, man. See? (laughs) People bitch about slang. Come on. (laughs) Anyways.
0: Well, the most recent album's good. Yeah, I mean, they're
1: great. Don't get me wrong.
0: They play, like, three of those songs live, Dangerous, um, Let Go, and Man Enough. Mm Mm-hmm. All sound great. But, you know, I mean, you go to Def Leppard to hear the hits. Yes. And you hope they throw in some other stuff like they did with, like, Let It Go. Yeah. Early on. And then, of course, after bringing on the heart, Heartbreak, sorry, they played a Switch 625. Yeah. Did a little ode to Machine in the Mountain there. There you, there you go, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they need to.
0: But this is a band that just, like, just when you just talk about the music...
1: It's flawless. Yes, it is. It really you got
0: is. two amazing guitarists and an amazing rhythm section. They've been doing this with that lineup for 26 years now, is what it is. And then, the, you know, without Vivian Campbell before that, and those four had been together for another 10 years. Yeah. So there's just like, it's down to like a complete well old machine. Joe Elliott sure isn't the Joe Elliott of 1984, but he still sounds good and you know I saw him you know 10 years ago something and it wasn't that great but the last several times I've seen him he sounds great and like I said earlier he has adapted his voice and he works in an area where he should be he never goes like he never goes like super high and it's just it's just great you know I mean it's just fun I mean you can't say enough things about how fun seeing a band like that is when you're hearing photograph or you know, pour some sugar on me, or animal,
1: or and rock of ages, all that.
0: Every every so, you know, ninety percent of the songs were hits. You know.
1: Yeah, and what a what a stage show they had. Yeah, with the screens and the all the different, it was crazy.
0: Yeah. So two years in a row, Vivian Campbell's part of one of the best <laughs> things at Rocklahoma. That's right. Because last right. year with Last in Line,
1: which was amazing.
0: Yeah. Well. You know, and, you know, for me as a fan since the first year, after the first year, every year we're like, who do you think is going to play Rock, Oklahoma? You know, we always do that thing every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Been doing it for the past 10, and <laughs> every year it's like Def Leppard was going to be one of the headliners. That was always my pick because yeah. it made perfect sense, even after it changed, because they would still have bands from that era in there, mm-hmm. like Def Leppard, every year. It took... 11 years or 10 more years after the first one, but hey, it finally happened. You finally got it. Yeah. You got Def Leppard and the Scorpions back to back, and those are always the two <laughs> that I'm like, when's it going to happen? Yeah. That's right. So now we just got to start mentioning Alice Cooper and Sammy Hagar.
1: Yeah. Here, no man, shit. Until that happens. Yeah. I know. No kidding. <laughs> How that hadn't happened yet, I don't know. Right.
0: But Def Leppard, perfectly fitting headliner for this
1: bill. So very cool.
0: Next up, Saturday. This is going to be pretty thin on talking about bands. Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll be on Sunday here pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: Well, I went and saw... Did you see Fuel? No. You did not? Okay. No. I know you never really cared, but like, I've always loved, you know, back when they came out, it was during that era, whenever those bands started coming out, the radio rock stuff started getting big, and you know, it's still going on to this day, but... To me, they were always at the top of the list of those bands, mainly because of Brett Scallion's voice. You know, it was real unique, and it's just something about it I always loved, and they always had great, catchy songs that weren't catchy in the way that they were cheesy, mm-hmm. just to be catchy to be on the radio. Yeah. Just great melodic choruses throughout, even the, you know, the deep cuts, the songs that people that never listen to albums never heard you know
1: something like human yeah the song in itself oh yeah it was great
0: yeah like even yeah that song knives stuff like that that most people don't even check out but then you had like jesus or a gun which wasn't really a hit but they still play it live every time and so it was just you know they put on a great set i mean i think it's a totally different band than it was when it started obviously besides him but yeah. you know because it went through changes without him and he's back but he sounds great, the band sound good, so... There you go. Glad I got to see him again. Yeah, yeah. I saw him actually a couple years ago at the Shrine, or no, the Vanguard. Oh, okay. That's yeah, probably been three or four years ago now, but that's back when Jason Todd, who we talked about earlier, was still in the band. Oh, okay, but, yeah. Well, Zach Sabbath. Yes. And this was high on our list. and oh, many, man. many people's lists. You know, I had the... The opportunity to see him last year, over for Clutch, you had never seen him.
1: Never seen him. So you know who their drummer is. Uh, Castillo. Or, yeah, yeah. I, yeah from, I didn't even realize that till later.
0: Yeah, what's his first name? Joey Castillo. Joey, from yeah, Danzig. in
1: Danzig and a Perfect Circle, and yeah, remember Sugar Tooth?
0: Yeah, he was in that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> the more you know. I'm bringing. I'm. I'm bringing out
1: the obscure shit. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, Zach Sabbath, So it's Joey Castillo. Blasco mm-hmm. from you will know, of course, from Rob Zombie, and then a guy named Zach Wilde. That's right.
1: And man, they they turned it up,
0: yeah. Pretty I mean, for some odd reason, you don't know what this is. It's Zach Sabbath, Zach Wilde playing Black Sabbath covers, basically. Yeah, and, and you know, he's playing the guitar and singing the songs. They opened with Super Knot, yeah. It's like, God. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Super Knot, Children of the Grave. Mm-hmm. What else we get? Fairies wear boots. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what am I forgetting?
1: I don't know. I can't remember. All I could. Oh, Snowblind. That's Snow what Snowblind. Yeah.
0: After Forever? Or no. no, no was that one. when I saw him last time? So yeah, because. Uh, it was a
1: shorter set than when I saw him, obviously. Yeah, because after that's when it all went to shit. Yeah.
0: But see, here's the thing. But during that. Yeah. You know, everybody. All day long had been talking because, you know, there had been reports that it was going to rain. And then Mm -hmm. it went from going to rain to be a big storm. Yeah. And then it went to being a crazy storm, whatever. So everybody knew that at some point in that evening, it was going to start raining. And it was going to be during some band we liked because everybody that night I wanted to see, you know. We'll get to that in a minute. But, like, he's playing and it starts raining. And at first it's just a little bit. But then it's a pretty heavy rain. Yeah. It's not... You know, like a downpour, but it's a st- decent enough rain that you're not going to stand outside. Yeah, but not a damn person moved. No, because it's Zach Wild. That's right, singing "Children of the Grave." So you're not going <laughs> to move. You know, and so that's just one of those cool things to see. Because then you you look to your left and it's like Brian Sunny, and you look to your right and it looks like Satan's taint or yeah. whatever. You know, <laughs> and yeah, and, and you know it's kind of one of those cool things. Like going way back to the second year. When it was pouring balls rain and kicks was playing and that place was jam-packed and not a soul moved. Yeah. And this was the same thing, you know. Started pouring, no one moved. And then it kind of let out for a minute and then started raining again. But he got 25 minutes in before they called it on him.
1: Yeah. And, and I remember well, I saw uh, I saw a, th- a thing of lightning and I thought, oh, they're going to shut it down. And they did. Yeah. And, you know, it happens.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, you <clears throat> can't. You can't bitch about it to him or whoever, you know, I mean that place That's has right. gotta be safe, you know, for yes, their to cover exactly. their asses. Exactly. And you know, I saw a set list later and it was just war pigs and uh NIB. Yeah, NIB that yeah. was left. So, I mean, of course that would have been amazing, but I'm just glad it wasn't five minutes into the set. At least yeah. we got four or five songs out yeah. of the deal.
1: And they're good, good songs.
0: Yeah. So if you're lucky enough to see Zach Sabbath, you know, don't miss the opportunity because this isn't one of those things that is going to be touring every year. Yeah. yeah no. Eventually, he's going to turn his focus back to Black Label. Yeah. And get back on that jam. Because for the last couple years, he's kind of been doing all his other stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know the Black Label train is going to start rolling. Yeah, yeah, it
1: will. It will.
0: Well, they said, you know, get your ass out of here. Go back to your car, or your trailer, or whatever. You know, until this blows over, and then we'll restart. Unfortunately, they had to call the whole night. Yeah. Because it it got bad, but then it also stopped raining. But then the light the lightning never stopped. Yeah. And there was always a tornado warning, but it was the main thing it was the lightning that they could never say go because it's within a ten mile radius they have to call it. Yeah. Unfortunately for us, you know that the rest of that night, every band I wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. even. You know, Live, Stone Sour, I've never seen either of them. Diamond Head, obviously, yeah. I've never seen.
1: Yeah, Suicidal 10 C's.
0: Suicidal, I've seen, but it's been forever. You've yeah. never seen them. Never
1: seen one to see them.
0: The Cult, okay, I've seen like 10 times, but it's but, the fucking Cult. Yeah,
1: I know shit. Okay. I mean, it just... uh. uh so, unfortunately,
0: this yeah, didn't sucked. happen like when Three Days of Grace and Skillet and, you know, yeah. whoever was playing. But, you know, that's the that's the shits or whatever that's how it, it is. goes
1: <laughs> the brakes. yeah yep that's that's the way the um, you know that's the way the cookie crumbles I guess there
0: you go <laughs> well and here's the thing to talk about that
1: sucks yes
0: you know especially for something like Diamond Head which
1: when, I know who that would have been you, nice the who knows when you're gonna get that probably chance probably never happen again
0: right you know we'll get a chance to see Suicidal someday yeah Stone Sour if you want to, Live if you wanted to, and of course the Cult. But the thing to point out is, from my standpoint, that's one of the funnest nights at Rocklahoma I can remember in years. Yeah. Because, I mean, they basically called <sighs> it, it was like 6.30, wasn't it? six thirty six forty five 6.30, 6.45 when they had to shut Zach down. Yeah. Maybe 7, I don't know. In that area. We go back out to the campground, we're just hanging out, and then... A lot of people showed up at our campsite and then that's whenever the shit storm started, yeah. like with the, the heavy rain. Yeah. And so we're like, we need to put down this canopy, but no one wanted to put it down and move because <laughs> it was pouring ass <laughs> rain. So we all just stood in this camping canopy and while the wind was like blowing at 50 miles per hour, what it was, everybody's like holding on to it we so it doesn't fly it, away. It down, Yeah. And... Even a couple of people ran up in there because it started hailing, and yeah. they were, like, running down the road, and they saw us with our lights, so <laughs> yep. they ran up under there, and I remember you, one guy ran up under there, you tossed him a hams, yep. you know, and that's just, that's Oklahoma, oh, yeah, people.
1: That's what you do, you know?
0: Yeah, and I mean, then that kind of blew over, and it was still real windy, lightning, but then the wind died down, and then it was just nice.
1: Yeah, and it was just like, hey, everyone come out and party.
0: Yeah, and so then that's what it was. It just turned into... A, Everybody partying in the campgrounds all night.
1: And that's when my mind got completely erased. <laughs> and I woke up and it was Sunday.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know on our end, we went down to Camp Rock Lacoma.
1: Yes, we did. I do remember that.
0: Hung out with them. Yeah. There was a lot of people coming and going down there. At one point, CJ from Grind and Paulette from Fist of Rage came down there and hung out. Yeah, that was awesome. Everybody from Camp Rock Lacoma that I mentioned earlier Jason, Jennifer, Ed, Dina. And then Tracy, Maggie, me, you, I can't remember who else kind of came and went in there. Sean and Candy were down there. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, of course, you know, walking to and fro, you see everybody. And it was just one of those fun, memorable nights.
1: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: You know, sure, it would have been great if we saw Diamond Head, but, you know, I'm not going to yeah. slip my wrist over the fact that I didn't. <laughs> it, ha- You know, it happened two years ago where they had to call a night and it happened again. Yeah. But, you know, the thing to point out is if... Chris Cornell was still with us. We wouldn't have got to see him either. I know.
1: I know. It's a crazy thing. And it happened when they played Rock on the Range. It got called.
0: The night they were supposed to play? Yeah.
1: Think That's about correct. that. Yeah. That's weird. Mind
0: blown right there. Yep. It's a sign. It is a sign. <laughs> <clears throat> Going into Sunday, saw quite a few, you know, a decent amount of bands Sunday. Kicked off with Blackstone Cherry, who was... One of the best bands at this whole thing. Yes. Best performances. It was just.
1: They they had the look. They had it. They had the show. They had the musicianship. Uh, these guys have got. They these guys have got songs. I mean, quality songs. Um, I, I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again. The fact that they were going on at three thirty is just disgusting. It's criminal. Yeah. They should. They should be one of the headliners. And if this is in the UK, they would. Uh, people over there get it, and people over here just aren't getting it like they should. I mean, this this band is amazing. I mean, they're they're way better than having to open up for Nickelback or some shit like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just. uh
0: Or you saw them open for Theory of a Dead Man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Or we walked out on
1: Theory of a Dead Man, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> but I mean, these guys—they've energy. They're you know. Just kicking all over the stage, um, you know they've got their songs down, and they're just a great mix of like hard rock with a, a southern edge. And it's they really they really get back to the the roots of of hard rock, you know.
0: Maybe that's why they've never uh, made I, it to that next level in America because it's not
1: they Yeah, they're not douchey it's enough. It's not think enough. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but you're fucking right, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I hated that I only got to see 30 minutes of him, but man, what a great fucking 30 minutes it was. Yeah. You know, John Fred is an insane drummer. I mean, I just go listen to this band, people. Just go fucking listen to him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was the best drummer at this thing. Yes. You know, there might be someone I'm not, didn't see or I'm not thinking of. Dave Lombardo didn't get to play, <laughs> so yeah. I can say that. Yeah, you know, I mean Zoltan, you know, maybe, and then hey, Scott Bonds up there. Mm, that's there's, right. there's other guys up there. I'm not, you know, I'm probably forgetting, but just this guy is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and he, he's fun to watch too.
1: He threw a stick out to the crowd, and that person threw it back, and he caught it and just kept going without missing a beat. <laughs> I mean, right. what the hell? You know, yeah. that's great.
0: And then there was the point where all three of them were playing their guitars and bass behind oh, their, their head. Back, yeah. You know, you know, normally that's like one guy will do that. You know. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was just a, it was just a rock show the way the way it's meant to be.
0: And like you said, they've got the songs. I mean, hell, if if I was making their set, it would have been totally different songs. That's yeah. how great these guys are. It's like we say hashtag all killer no filler. <laughs> you know, every one of their albums has been that way. Yeah. And it's just That's right. They're just one of those bands like Alter Bridge or something where it's like every song's phenomenal and you just hope they never go away. Yeah. Know? And just keep putting out music even if they don't make it to that next huge level. That's right. They've made it to a level that they can that they they're successful yeah. and that they can keep putting out music so that's good enough for me as a fan. That's right. I just hope one day they can get up there and replace the bullshit that's above them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean like
0: that asshole from porn star dancing that oh sings for three god. days of grace now you know? yeah I know.
1: I know you're exactly <laughs> fucking right
0: anyway <laughs> if he was listening i'm sorry you can be on the podcast and we'll talk about it <clears throat> speaking of shit shows oh god <laughs> i know where this is going let's prep okay let's step back and preface this okay since the first day that i heard lit up i've been a huge fan of buck cherry yes me too it's never died. It's never gone away. Yeah. Sure, they've had a couple albums in there. I didn't care about as much, like that All Night Long album. And Black. I like that album. Fuck no. you. But it wasn't as I good didn't as like anything. I like the Black Butterfly. I album. fucking
1: love Black Butterfly. Oh, man, that's like a,
0: their third best album behind. Can the,
1: we break? I need a beer. Jesus, <laughs> pissing me off.
0: The um, first album and Time Bomb, then Black Butterfly. Oh, man.
1: Yeah. Time Bomb. Jesus, <laughs> what a fucking record.
0: And I've gone on and on throughout the years, even before this podcast, about how how much I love Keith Nelson to yes. an unhealthy degree. <laughs> like the unhealthy degree that I love Jeff Worley or Pepper Keenan, you know? <laughs> it's like,
1: it's like, it's almost a, they make you feel things. Yeah.
0: It's almost like, yeah, look, I'm still straight, but I'm, they're pulling me away from that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Okay, so then we talked about this a while back. Within the past month or so, Keith Nelson and what's his name? What's the other dude's name? Xavier. Yeah, Xavier. Like, both left. Yes. They've never really said why or what happened or whatever. doesn't matter, does it? But what?
1: Well, I know why they left. Well, we talked about it, but it's been put out on our good friend Eddie Trunk who was on the podcast last year, go check it out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he, he talked to Keith Nelson. Oh, okay. And Keith Nelson just said they will, he thought it was time for a break. They'd been going and going and they needed to, they thought it would be a good, they thought it'd be a good idea to take a break and take a couple years off. And, you know, because, you know, let everybody kind of, you know,
0: Re-energize.
1: Re-energize and and let all the fans kind of, you know, be craving them again. And Stevie D and Josh Todd didn't want to take a break, so. um,
0: Let's see, here's the thing.
1: Keith Nelson said, all right, I'm staying home.
0: Here's the thing. They're doing these shows they had scheduled, but they also announced that those two are doing.
1: A new band, yeah. Yeah, the
0: band that's like Josh Todd and the something or something.
1: Josh Todd and the Conflict. There you go. Well, Well.
0: so it's them two that are left basically doing a side project, which is sounds like a solo band. So kind of like you mentioned, you know, this they could be do that for the rest of the year into next year. And then when it comes time for Buck Cherry, it could be like, all right, hey, Keith, what's up? Yeah. Look who's back. That's you know, what's so- going to
1: happen. They're, they're going to get these shows that they booked <laughs> out of the way. And, and You know, Josh and Steve are going to go do their thing. And, you know, 2018, 2019, it'll all be back as it as it should be. I guarantee it.
0: Because, it, I mean, to your average fan that doesn't know anything other than Josh Todd's voice and three songs, yeah, they don't care or don't know. Yeah. So it, it can work. Yeah. But the way I like this band is the fact, or the, the reason is because his guitar playing and the fact that he writes these songs with Josh Todd, mm-hmm. and they're one of those great Writing duos, you know, yes. and they just work well together and they just sound great together. And he's just got that style and sound that you can't replicate. Case in point, Rock Loma 2017. <laughs> so I thought, I told you, I'm not going to go. And you're like, or, you know, and then that day you're like, you're going to go. I'm like, yeah, I probably will. <laughs> it's Buck Cherry. I'll give in. And sure yeah. enough, I was over there. I waited for it to come on. And I'm like, I'm just being a douchebag, you know, and saying, calling him Scab Cherry and all this shit. I'm like, hey, I've supported Axel whenever no one else did, when it was just him and Dizzy Reed and Guns N' Roses. So I'm just being a hypocrite. But the point is, I'm like, I'm just overreacting. It'll be fine. Well, it starts, and he's having mic problems, which... That's right. That's not his fault. That's not anyone's fault. That's not why they're bad. Of course, the mic kicked back on. But just, they're playing riding from Time Bomb, and it sounds nothing like riding. Yeah. Because he's not even playing the same fucking guitar riff. It's just weird and just broken up and choppy and just, like, totally different. And then I don't remember what they played second, but it sounds... It just doesn't sound the same, which, sure, he's a different guitarist, but, Mm -hmm. of course, you want that guitar tone because that's Buck Cherry. And it just never got better. And then to top it off, Josh Todd sounded like he was high on fucking crack. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what, but he just even when his mic started working, I've seen him many times and he sounded fine. Yeah, he sounded good. We yeah. saw him at the Bray last year, whenever That's that right. was. Yeah, sounded fucking great. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I walked out during "Lit Up" or the third third song, I think it was. I'm like, I'm just not even going to watch this. I like this band, I just don't want to see this bullshit.
1: Um, he sounded all right to me. I don't know, I mean, I'm a big fan, you know, I'm not as big of a fan as you, but I'm a big fan, and I mean, uh, you know, it it just, it it was kind of different, it didn't feel the same, but it sounded decent to me, you know, passable, passable, (laughs) you know, I'll be a little more diplomatic than you, all right, (laughs)
0: well, we'll say when I walked off, I was gonna head back to the campground for a little bit and then come back, but I was walking by and the band was playing on Retrospect because usually they're not playing at the same time as the headline or the main stage. But because the bands got canceled on Saturday, yeah, they were putting them in, filling them in, so they were playing the same time. So I walked over there and Wild Plains was playing, and I had read about them before, but I hadn't heard. And I read that they were like more poppy. Mm -hmm. I think was the word I saw. Yeah. And they did kind of have that feel, but they also had a real, like, kind of funk feel to them, and it was something totally different than you ever see at Rocklahoma. Oh, that's cool. And it was just kind of cool, you know, they had the look of, like, a rock, hard rock band, you know, the long hair, but they were all, they were wearing, like, all white and bright colors, and mm-hmm. it was just, it's like pop, hard rock, funk, you know, or something, nice. and it was just, it's something but, that could be successful on the radio, it was cool yeah. to see them, you know, something different.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, something different's always good.
0: Yeah. Next up was Rat. Making their return to Rock, Oklahoma, I think this is like their fourth time because they played two of the early ones and then they have came back once since the change and this is the second time since the change. What can you say about Rat that we haven't said before? I mean, we love both of us love this band.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, and they're—I ne- <clears throat> I don't know—they never disappoint. And I hear people, you know, talk about you know how Stephen Piercy and all this kind of stuff. Every time I've seen them, they've always sounded good. I even yeah, saw some people. Sound- Say he didn't sound good at this, and I don't, yeah, hear. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He sounded great. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's... That, there was once, so I can't remember which song it was, but it, he, it seemed like he was kind of talking it, you know. Okay. Yeah. Talking through it or something, but ever, and I thought, oh, that's kind of weird, you know, but other than that, he sounded good on everything else. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Who knows, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, I love when, uh, Carlos Cavazzo, Warren D. Martini do the, the dual guitar leads and stuff. And yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've always loved watching them. They're yeah. great.
0: The thing, you know, that, that struck me, for some reason, I don't know why this never struck me before when I was watching them Rock, Oklahoma, but you think of Rat, you know, how cool, you know, everybody knows how great Warren D. Martini is mm-hmm. and how cool their sound is, you know, and they're one of the better bands from that whole era. Yeah. But when you see him, you know, you think of guys like Tony Iommi, you know, is obviously the greatest riff writer in the history of rock and metal. And then jump into a totally different vein, like into the future with Kirk Winstein, who's the fucking riff lord. And you got guys of that, that or of metal. But if there's such a thing as a riff lord of 80s rock and metal, it's Warren D. Martini. Because yeah, no you shit. think of it, you hear every fucking song like Lack of Communication you know, or Lay It Down, or any of songs, it's just this riff is so powerful. I know. I know. And it's just so much better than every, even bands from the 80s with great guitarists. And bands I might even like a little more than I liked Rad. Yeah. No one, you know, fucking, I probably like George Lynch more than I like, Warren than D. Martini, <laughs> but I don't like Doc and more than I like Rad because yeah. of those fucking guitar riffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, they're memorable. You can sing them just like you can sing the choruses. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's a big thing.
0: And it sounds so powerful live, too. Yes,
1: that's right. And that,
0: you know, probably has something to do with Carlos Cavazzo as well being there. Because, you know, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, he was in Quiet Riot during their heyday. That's right. I mean, the guy fucking wrote Metal Health. Yeah. And then he wrote what he wrote, Best of Me on Infestation, which is one of their best songs in 20 years.
1: They, they could have came out and played all of Infestation. I would have been happy. No shit. <laughs> would have been like the only happy people. Yep. But yep. Would I would have wouldn't been have cared. Right. <laughs>
0: that's right. But they had a great set, you know, and I mean, they even played a couple things like Body Talk and stuff that, you know, and they had a couple other bigger hits, I think, like. Yeah. I mean, my favorite song by Rat I think, is probably Loving Use a Dirty Job. They mm-hmm. didn't play it. You know, there's, you know, I mean, that's that's how big a catalog and how many hits this band had, you know. Yep. That's well, for sure. Next up was Jackal.
1: Oh, here we go. This is the highlight. This is my favorite point of the whole weekend. Over everything? Over everything. Okay. This was it. I'd say it's my top three or four. But- I will, I will quote our good friend Michael Thrasher, who hung out, hung out with us a lot the whole weekend. He worked the festival. Um, I, I can't remember verbatim exactly what he said, but he said something to the effect of that was hands down. That is the definition of, you know, of rock and roll or hard rock. I can't remember how he said it, but it was the, do you remember what he was, it was after Jackal, um, when we got back to the campground, he said that was, that was the definition, the true spirit of rock and roll right there was that set. And it's, that's the truth.
0: It's the band that like encapsulates everything about, like you just, like he said, but like even Rocklahoma. Yes. Because it's carries over from what the first three years into what it is now mm-hmm. with all those kind of bands. They're like the bridge band and the band that like works on both sides of that. Yep. You know, kind of like Whitesnake or someone might, you know, where yeah. it's like heavy enough for the new crowd, you know, but also fits into that old school. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, I don't even know where to start on this one.
0: Well, I mean, we've seen him countless times and you see them countless times because you know what you're going to get. Yeah, And a lot of, you know, Obviously, the end of the show and some of his stage banter doesn't change, but some of it, a lot of it has. You know, mm-hmm. every time you see me, he says something different. So yeah. it's not verbatim. But this is a band with four guys that each one of them on their own looks like a guy that you want to fucking party with. <laughs> That's right. You know, just if you knew nothing about him, you That's just right. saw him standing there in a the campground in Rock, Oklahoma, No matter which of those four guys it is, you're like, I want to hang out with that guy tonight.
1: That's right. Jeff Worley is the new Keith Richards. Yeah. Okay. He's
0: one of my spirit musicians. <laughs> I've said that before. I'll say it
1: again. I got his book.
0: I started it, but I haven't nice. finished it. I want to
1: get... Uh, I'm gonna, I'll so finish it. it, it yeah. But, yeah, I almost bought it the other day.
0: You know, he's, uh, he's just one of those guys that I've just always, for some reason, just absolutely loved. You know, and... But, you know, all four of them, Roman Glick and Chris Worley, and of course, Jesse James Dupree. That's right. These guys know how to put on a show. They sound good live. The music, the vocals, everything. And, you know, I don't know what this was. I think probably the fifth time they played Rocklahoma maybe. Yeah. And, you know, luckily they've changed, you know, because I remember a couple of those things. At one time, they played Dumbass Country Boy, they played uh, Secret of the Bottle one of the yeah. times. Um, when moonshine and dynamite, dynamite collide, yeah, one of those times, and then, you know, so they're they're always throwing in the, the different stuff, and of course this go around they had, um, they kicked it off with a new song.
1: Yes, they did.
0: And then they played.
1: Just because I'm drunk, don't mean you're right. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of
0: your favorite songs of all time. One of uh, (laughs) of my
1: favorite songs of all time. I can relate to it like a motherfucker, but I mean, you know, and I was, I was really happy to, to hear him do that song. Uh, and you know, it's funny is that's like a song off their new record. And by the end of the song, everybody was singing along to it. Yeah. You know, and I, I just think that, you know, it's, it's one of the sets I look most forward to. And I don't really like stage banter. Yeah. But except when it's Jackal, I I almost look forward to the stage banter more than the songs, you know, which I don't know what that says, you know, but I mean, because their songs are great. The songs are amazing and they, they, they perform them flawlessly, but it's just, it's, you know, it just fills you with a spirit and a, a, just a joy and a, a positivity And, you know, you, you, it just, it it helps. It helps your soul seeing a a set like that. Yeah. I mean, it really does. It sounds corny and people out there, if the singer for Seether's listening, he's probably rolling his eyes. But, I mean, I'm just, it just, that's just what happens. Well, see, it's That's how much I love this band. You don't want to be the band that follows that. You know, it's like,
0: yeah,
1: exactly. You know, know, the way they end it with the fucking, Tearing up the bench with the chainsaw, setting it on fire, and all this And even that,
0: you know, that doesn't take that out of it.
1: Yeah. Let's just take the chainsaw and the fire out of
0: it. Yeah. You still don't want to be a band that follows a band like that because even people, you know, I mean, like you said, people are singing along to a song they didn't know four minutes ago. Exactly. And I look around, and there's, you know, at least in the area where I'm at, there's a lot of people that know all the words, and you can tell people that didn't, but then, like my moonshine kicks your cocaine's ass when he says that line the first time people are laughing and then like fucking screaming and down yep. their fish. You know, and it's like they get everybody into it, but you don't see another band. Many bands pull that off. Yeah. You know, when they're it, singing a song and then like people might <clears throat> dig it, but you don't see someone that doesn't know the song going ape shit.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, what I notice about Jackal is, you know, the, it used to just be, they do stuff from their first album and then done. Yeah. And now that, you know, that they, they've, they've built up such a thing. They can throw newer songs in there and they can, and they still come across the same. Not a lot of bands from that era can do that, you know? Yeah. So there you go.
0: Yeah. Especially, I mean, with this set that's had what, maybe eight, eight or nine songs and three of them, at least three of them were from the last two albums or last three albums or whatever. I know,
1: which is great. So, so.
0: First off, we didn't, we didn't (laughs) preface this with earlier before them. The power went out.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right.
0: Okay, this was yeah. a. Com- there wasn't any weather. It was a completely nice sunny day.
1: But like, a bird somewhere in fucking Pryor, a bird flew into a transformer. Right. Knocked the whole town out.
0: Yeah, it wasn't just Rock, Oklahoma. It was like the entire grid. Yep. And yeah, it was during the end of Buck Cherry because I had yes. left. That's why I didn't know it until I read it on Facebook, and you guys came back and told me. But anyway, so. They delayed, they got it back up within less than an hour. Yeah. I think it was like maybe 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, but it pushed stuff back a little bit.
0: Yeah. So then, you know, of course, they posted, they're on a revised schedule, and then they did some sound checks and shit once the power is back up, because you got to do that. Mm-hmm. Once the power takes a hit. And so that pushed it back a little bit. So it was over an hour behind. But at, at these kind of things, you know, luckily, it's not like, if you're at something like Rock on the Range, or I don't know about them, but like... A festival like that that's in town. Yeah. This might be a big issue because you've got curfews and noise ordinances and shit. You know, they're out there on private property four miles from the nearest town. So it doesn't matter. You could go till three in the morning if you really wanted to. Do whatever the hell they want. Right. So that's the first thing to mention. Okay, gotcha. Okay, now jump forward. Now. Okay, apparently they're running over time. But here's the thing to point out. I've seen a lot of people posting on Facebook and sites and shit saying that Jack went 30 minutes over, which there is no way in fuck they went 30 yeah, minutes over. That's right. That's For them to right. go over 30 minutes, they would have been playing an hour and 15 or 20 minutes because yep. they had like a 45 minute set. Yep. And... So they might have went over 10 minutes,
1: if that. Let, let me also mention that the the revised set times on the app and the website were still wrong. Yeah, they didn't The start, bands were running behind that.
0: Yeah, another 15 or 20 minutes yes. after that.
1: So, let's put that out there, too.
0: So, (sighs) nothing more was the next band to start. Mm. And apparently, we can say they might have got the shaft. Mm. Because the the organizers might have been like, you have to finish it this time because the next main stage band's starting. Yeah. And it wasn't like... I remember last time this happened, they just pushed the whole thing back, and it just kept rolling in order yeah. with the exact time sets. But apparently, from what I gather, I didn't see nothing more. Unfortunately, like everybody that saw him said, it was fucking great. You know? Yeah. But apparently, they had a shorter set, like ten minutes. Maybe that was the jackal time. But then apparently Caesar thought it was hurting their time or their feelings or their vaginas, and. <laughs> Seether didn't cut any time off their set, yeah. so they weren't affected at all. They still played their entire set.
1: Yeah. Their entire Even set list. Look at the set list. People were on Facebook saying Seether got cut short. No, they didn't.
0: Look up their set list online, and you saw those songs played live. Yep. There you go. You know, so here's the deal. Was it unprofessional for him to go over a little bit? Maybe. But it's also, I say Rock, Oklahoma, this is fucking rock and roll. Shit happens. Yeah. This thing got completely pushed back. You've got a guy going a little long. Okay, he went 10 minutes over, so then let nothing more play their fucking set length and then everything's normal. Yeah, 10 more minutes on top of an hour and 15-minute delay isn't going to hurt anyone's feelings.
1: That's right, that's right.
0: Everybody's out here drunk, you know, half the crowd's staying there anyway. Yeah, but it
1: hurt Mr. Seether's feelings.
0: Yeah. Everybody Um, in Seether except for Clint Lowry. Yeah, true. There's no way uh, well, he, you
1: know, we're I, giving him a pass. I think I think the guy from Cedar is probably mad because uh, he was waiting to get back to his bus so he could watch a new episode of Property Brothers. That's probably what happened. He was probably wanting to drive a golf cart drunk like a douchebag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what he did like three years ago. Remember that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Hey, I'd drive, but any, anyways, I'd drive a golf cart drunk if they let me, I guess. But anyways,
1: Cedar, uh, uh, the lead singer for Cedar, Mr. Cedar... Was very upset, and he was bashing Jackal in between every song. And, you know, and that that's, I, I don't exactly know what was said, but he was bashing him pretty hard. And so, whatever.
0: We don't know. know what was said, because it's Seether, we weren't there. Yeah, we
1: weren't there, because I don't want to watch that stuff. Um, You know, I, I'd rather, I don't know, I'd rather.
0: Hey, you know the yeah. song Remedy by Seether? Yeah. You want to hear it right? Go to a Reliance Goat show.
1: Yeah, no shit. There you go. You know that's the song right.
0: "Careless Whisper" by We. See there, you want to hear it, right? Look up a George Michael video <laughs> on YouTube.
1: <laughs> and 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 there's one thing I also want to say is
0: go see the Nixon's. There's where you got a good job. Yeah,
1: no shit. <laughs> Here's something I want to say is that for anyone that's frustrated about this, um, and also for anyone that you know, for all the reasons you know, and and bash and jackal and stuff, Jesse James Dupree is probably one of the reasons we still have a rocklahoma okay back in 2009 when it didn't it wasn't doing so good he's the one that called you know aeg and his friends there and said hey there's a really cool thing going on out here but you know it needs tweaking and it's something that we could really capitalize on and turn into something awesome and you know so he was you know he was kind of the catalyst in helping that in in helping rocklahoma continue and also, he he does a lot of stuff outside of Jackal. He works at a lot of these festivals. He he produces. He 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 knows. You know, he knows everybody, and he has a hand in all kinds of stuff you wouldn't even think about. And so, I think he gets a pass. They can do whatever the fuck they want. So there you go.
0: And it's like one of those things. It's like he got away because it's like if it if this was the other way around. You know, we could be hypocrites right now. We might be saying, fuck Sean Morgan. He gets a pass because he had something to do with this. You know, (laughs) just James Dupree should have, you know, he he has the right to say he sucks. So, you know, all this stuff always goes down to which side you're on. I guess so. In a way. But see, the thing is, I ran my mouth about Cedar three minutes ago, but I don't dislike Cedar. I just don't care. They're just one of those bands that just their music's fine. It just doesn't move me in any way. You know, and especially after watching Jackal for 45 or 50 minutes, I don't want to, I need to go back and drink some fucking whiskey. Yeah. Or some rum. You know, I don't need to hear, you know, fucking fine again or some bullshit.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. God, we're going to get some hate mail on this. Oh, well. Yep. We'll live.
0: Go back to episode 67. Sean Morgan was on this podcast.
1: He was? I don't remember. Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) Well came back into the festival for the headliner that night which Mm -hmm. was the offspring yes and you know i was it was funny leading up to this like when they were announced i was looking forward to it and then as it got closer i'm kind of like "Eh, i don't really care you know it's like they're one of those bands that i liked i still like but i just never truly loved them yeah and i've never seen them live so i was kind of surprised i was feeling that but once the day got there I kind of got more excited about it. I think it's probably because Saturday I missed seeing bands I wanted to see. So it's, you know, the final band to get to see and all yeah. that. So I went over there, saw it. And first off, I thought it was really cool when this lineup was announced because you had three headliners that were distinctly different from each yes, other. Yes,
1: that's really cool. You know,
0: with Def Leppard, Soundgarden, and then Offspring. And Offspring's the first band that you can loosely call a punk band mm-hmm. that. <laughs> is really not just headlining, but playing yes. the main stage of Rocklahoma. Exactly. I mean, they they were always lumped into punk, but I never considered them punk. It's yeah. the same way people call Green Day punk, but they were just a pop rock band that was masquerading as punk, yeah. just like Offspring was kind of like a hard rock band masquerading as punk. Yeah. And they put on a set that sounded good. They played the hits. They It, it was fun. It was cool to see, but... It's kind of one of those things. After seeing Jackal and Rat and Blackstone Cherry, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, eh.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was even more so. Like I don't really care, you know. But you know, I, we found out that the they're going to do a little Chris Cornell thing afterwards, and everybody was going to see. All you fuckers are going to see Offspring. I'm like, well, I'll be sitting here all by myself, <laughs> right? Fuck it, I'll go. And I was, I was, you know, I never hated the Offspring. They had some decent songs but i just was not didn't really care but i ended up really enjoying their set yeah. you know um you know i liked their setup i liked the, you know i liked how you know noodles and dexter you know played off of each other and um they yeah. they're you know energetic
0: yeah they played off with banter as well yeah
1: yeah yeah that's and and uh they're real positive they're real you know real grateful to the crowd True. Um, yeah, I really appreciated that, and yeah, it was just uh, I, they played every song you knew. It was it was good. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, noodles. You know, was, had some funny things to say, and even throughout, yeah, uh, throughout an ode to Warren D. Martini, that's which right. was cool. You yeah? know,
1: that's right. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah, you know, and he had what he had probably the smallest drum set of the weekend, and he's like <laughs> the head, on the headlining band, yeah. you know? so it's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, but yeah, it's just a bare bone set with some lights. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, that's the other thing after seeing Def Leppard headline, after seeing Jackal earlier that day, you know, it's kind of, kind of odd, but at the same time, it's like, if they're good, they're good. It's music. You don't have to. You know, if you need that stuff, Def Leppard doesn't need it, but it sure adds to it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you're Motley Crue, you need it to cover for, your your downfalls, but, you know,
1: anyway. <laughs> 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 Sorry, had to get it in at least twice. Hey, that downfalls in Tulsa tonight as we speak. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well,
0: I mean, so it was a fine band, you know, the headline, so I have no complaints on that.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Right after they finished, they started this Chris Cornell tribute. Yeah. And, you know, they just, everybody got off the stage, you know, Offsprings crew, Everybody on the stage, no one did anything, so there was no distraction. There's the microphone in the middle. It went dark, and there was two spotlights shining on a microphone. Yeah. And then they just had a picture of Chris Cornell up there Mm -hmm. with a picture of a candle. And then I think it said the dates, maybe. Yeah. And then they played Jeff Buckley's version of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Yes. Which is one of those songs that is obviously fitting to a situation like this. And it's a beautiful version, regardless if you've never heard it. So there you got three three guys who have passed that were represented right there. Yeah. And then once that ended, they started a slideshow, and they started playing...
1: Nothing Compares to You. Yeah.
0: Chris Cornell's acoustic version of Prince's mm-hmm. Nothing Compares to You, which we all know is phenomenal. Yes. And then once that finished, the slideshow continued. It even had some video footage in there, and they played Temple of the Dogs Say Hello to Heaven. Yes. Which is similar, I think, to what they did at... Rockin' the Range was cool. They picked different songs, because I think at that, that you said they played Black Hole Sun mm-hmm. with just the isolated vocals. Yeah. So it was cool, because I always thought, well, Say Hello to Heaven's a little more fitting anyway. Yeah. And it's a wonderful song to begin with. And so it was, it was one of those things that just, we <clears throat> talked about it after he passed, that, like, just that feeling you have, that bad feeling in your gut. hmm You know, you're sitting there after... You know, screaming along to the kids are all right and self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. You know, like woo, and then five minutes later, you're like, I hate my life because yeah. one of my favorite singers is gone.
1: Yeah, you're getting a little choked up. Yeah. There's goosebumps for sure.
0: Yeah, because even during, I know it was during Hallelujah, or some point in there, you know, everybody started holding up their phones and their lighters. Yeah. And I know there's a picture online. Yeah, it's that, pretty that you can see from the stage. It looks pretty <clears throat> spectacular. Yeah. And you know. To go back to the band we were ripping on earlier, I didn't see it, but apparently Caesar did the same thing where they did a moment of silent however to put their stuff up, which everybody said was really cool as well. Nice. But, so, yeah, I mean, this was link. You talk about three songs. Sailor to Heaven's like five minutes long. is yeah. like six minutes long. Yeah. And then, so you've got over 15 minutes. You're sitting there watching this. Just a few people walked out at the beginning, like right before it started, but mm. no one moved once it started. Oh, yeah,
1: I know. No, no and, kidding.
0: You know, once it ended, the lights came up and that was it. And so it's kind of like, I think as soon as anybody's just sitting there quiet and then you said, I think I need a drink. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just one of those things It's like, you don't, like, what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. You know, where's you don't want to say, I don't want to feel bad, but you have to.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So you get up and walk over. Thankfully, Night Rain started playing (laughs) over here on the side stage. So there's a band that's great. They can kind of lift your spirit. Lift it up a little bit, yeah. You know. Heard a couple songs from them, you know, and this is just a fantastic melodic rock band out of Spain. Yes. You know, so it's just a, a fitting way to truly end what happened inside there. So the sadness was brought back up to where you're at when you're at Rocklahoma. That's right. You know, after that went back out into the campgrounds and enjoyed the evening.
1: We had a pretty epic one too. Yeah.
0: You know? That was actually my my birthday was Memorial yes. Day, so midnight that night was my birthday. Yeah. So everybody we, kept coming by, and we handled it. There was one point where there was like thirty or forty people in our campground, yeah. and that's yeah. not—that's like capacity for I our know. campground people. I know it's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, We were like, "Who are some of these people?" I and mean, you kind of need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Who's <laughs> that liquid? guy? He looks like he's twelve. Get him out of here. Are
0: they drinking our liquor? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'll give liquor to anyone that shows up if I think they don't look like a skis bag. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But that was a great way to end it. Happy birthday, Trent. Well, thank you. You know, happy 28th.
0: Yeah, 28th birthday in yeah. style.
1: Plus 12. Anyways.
0: <laughs> well, so there you go. F- the last days of my 30s were at Rock, Oklahoma. That's so right. So you can't, can't beat that.
1: Yeah, you can't bitch at all.
0: Yeah, and I actually rode it out into the morning. I saw the, the sun come up, and then I went to bed. Yep,
1: same here. Yeah. <laughs> same here.
0: Right. So that's that's what you do at Rock, Oklahoma.
1: That's right. So, there, there we go that's that was our experience people.
0: I mean, overall, I say it was one of the weirder ones because yeah. of the weather and the delays and yeah. the amount of bands I saw compared to other years, but it was also one of the most memorable ones because just how much fun we had with everybody we met that's right or that we've known for years out there
1: yeah it was uh, it, it it was it was a special one that's for sure,
0: yeah, so number twelve next year, who's your pick
1: right Um... Now? Night Flight Orchestra is a headliner. Oh my god, this will be amazing. Um Ugly Kid Joe is a headliner. Ugly Kid Joe is a headliner. Um and Conformity on Axis. On a, yeah. No,
0: um, junkyard. On. Chris Chris Taylor, DMG. I want COC on the dark side today. There you <laughs> go. Nice.
1: Yes. Uh God, who knows? Who knows? No,
0: nah, I mean legitimately we mentioned <clears throat> earlier Alice Cooper, Sammy Hagar. Mm. There's several bands that have never played it like that. Shine Down, Avenged Sevenfold. Those bands have never been there.
1: I still think they could get Kissed to do it one year.
0: Yeah, I expect it to happen at some point.
1: Just saying. Yeah.
0: But anyway, if you've listened to all this, we appreciate it. Big time. Like I said at the beginning, every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central, www.1027WSNR.com. We stream live on there every week very thankful to them for including us in their family of shows that they put on then we're also on youtube at the thunder underground we've also got most episodes up there as well as a lot of stuff that's not on these episodes like album reviews concert reviews every album in a row which is a show we do where we talk about a band's entire catalog soundcloud.com backslash thunder underground (laughs) all 127 previous episodes are on there that's right yeah guys from
1: oh man shine down
0: Megadeth, death and conformity like you said kiss
1: yes gene simmons uh cj from drowning pool uh wino from the obsessed uh reed from coc kirk from crowbar uh mark from trickster uh guys from europe we've had guys from Warrant. i mean you know he is legend uh, Miss May I we'd do the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Avatar King, the sword, truck fighters. Yep. The list goes on. That's Get on right. there, check it out, look him up. We've had also obviously two previous Rock Lama previews because we started this thing two years ago. That's right. Look us up on Facebook, Backslash Lethone Underground. Once again, go follow Switchback and Troy. And is that it? I think that's it. All right. If you're going to Tom Kiefer tonight, come by and say hey. If not, we'll see you next week. We've got Mark Kendall from Great White coming up. His return to the podcast. Nice. Until next time.
2: Thunder underground, y'all.